Just for Laughs is back, and it's going digital because even COVID can't stop the biggest comedy festival on the planet. We're checking in first with El Presidente Bruce Hills to find out just how much of a different animal this year's festival is. And, of course, one of the mainstays of the festival, Andy Kindler, and what this year's state of the industry is even going to look like. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Downtown, cruising through the alley, tiptoeing in the street like ballet. Pulled up, moped to the valley, white walls. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and of course, coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, and worldwide if you happen to have the internet, which I certainly hope you do because the entire planet is about to shut down a second time. But that is not stopping the biggest comedy festival in the world, which of course was on hiatus. It is back, albeit in a different form, but Just for Laughs is happening. It's going digital. This October, we're going to check in with Bruce Hills, the president of Just for Laughs, to find out what exactly a festival of that scale looks like in this weird parameters that we're living in and the upside down world of comedy right now. And of course, a little later on, special guest Andy Kindler, who is always renowned at the festival for giving his state of the industry, which uh, Vince Tedesco, I'm sitting here with our producer, probably going to be a bit of a different state of the industry this year, I would imagine. He's going to have a lot to say about a lot of things this year. It's such a it's such a surreal time to be well. It's a surreal time to be alive, quite frankly. But it's such a surreal thing to see a festival of this size, which normally engulfs the entire city of Montreal, and people flock in from all over the continent to perform there and to go watch the fest. To see it turn into this completely digital thing, knowing just for laughs, though they always have an ace or two up their sleeve. I'm sure that it's, they're still going to pull out all the stops and just work with what we're living in right now. So we'll come back. We'll have Bruce Hills on the phone and find out what exactly is happening right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Montreal, I miss you! Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. Or in this case, at home, watching the world's biggest comedy festival going digital, we, of course, have Bruce Hills, the president of Just for Laughs, on the line with us now. Bruce, how are you doing? Which I know is a loaded question, by the way. <laughs> well, listen, I'm very excited today, uh, given that we're uh, announcing our complete lineup for our first uh, digital festival taking place October 9th and 10th, uh, the 100% free, 100% digital festival. Which is fantastic. I mean, we... You know, it's interesting to see. I mean, obviously, just for laughs, it's not only the biggest comedy festival on the planet, but I mean, also one of the biggest comedy brands on the planet. And and a few months ago, when when COVID was really starting to ramp up and things were very much shutting down and all that, we checked in with Mark Breslin just talking about, you know, what were those behind the scenes conversations like with a brand like Yuck Yucks and where do we go from here? For you guys, I mean, how early on did you sort of step back and go, okay, we're going to have to just do something entirely different with this year's fest and just sort of keep this platform going, given, you know, obviously the cards you're dealt with? Well, listen, in March, you know, we we felt that uh, we had a small chance of pulling off a comedy festival in July, but within weeks, we were pretty certain we were going a different direction. Um, So we pivoted to the fall 
and, and felt at that time, you know, again, based on what everyone was saying, that we should be safe. Uh, but pretty soon after that, maybe a month after that, we realized we we're going to have to, we want to go ahead with our festival. We're going to do it differently. We're going to do it in a way that's safe for our fans, for our comics and our staff, and go uh, online and go out and figure out the way to do something that would be true to our brand, which is first class, one of a kind, and bring you know, all the great people that, that perform at JFL, as many of the people that made sense in this space. You know, you know, we thought a two-day event made sense, multi-rooms, free of charge. We felt that it gave us also a chance to sort of expose something that not everyone gets to see, which is sort of the conversations that happen behind the scenes at JFL, sort of a glimpse from the green room into the green room of comedy, conversations, panels, Stand up. We partnered with Kevin Hart to oversee one of the three rooms, his LOL brand, and the right. team behind that are overseeing that. And then we brought on awesome people. You know, Kevin uh, did a one-on-one with Judd Apatel, Chelsea Handler, Jimmy Carr, Ronnie Chang, Wanda Sykes, Sarah Cooper. You know, we announced our new faces creators yesterday, you know, uh, on and on and on. Well, and that's the interesting thing. I mean, you yeah, you make a great point for people sitting at home watching this this digital version of the fest this year. They do get a glimpse of the at the goings on. For anybody who's never actually been to Montreal for the festival, it's 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 kind of like summer camp for the entire comedy industry. Everybody's congregating there together. There's events, there's panels, there's workshops. There's it's so much more than actually just the stage shows and just the galas and the tapings. So to give people at home a taste of that, and also I think Bruce, we've seen during such this strange time that we're trapped in right now, but we've seen over the last six or seven months, the comedy landscape, not only adapt to sort of, you know, living in this online realm right now and everybody watching this stuff from home and watching this content. There's also been sort of this whole new audience that's been tapped into this younger audience. And even you guys have some people on, on this year's version of the fest who, who sort of blew up and became stars on, you know, TikTok and platforms like that just recently, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest things we try to do at JFL is expose new talent uh, through our New Faces franchise. You know, for years in Canada, the homegrown franchise, now the New Faces Canada franchise. And it's, you know, luckily the who's who of comedy in this country and and worldwide has come out of those programs. It's given them a, 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 uh, an opportunity in front of the industry. Uh, You know, um, and that's something that's very important to JFL is that you not only come and see some of the big stars at our fest, but you're going to see the next big stars in front of your eyes. And I mean, you guys still have those mainstay shows that have become such a part of the flavor and tone of the festival over the years. I mean, you, you know, you guys have always been known for the ethnic show, new faces, as you said, the nasty show, all these different properties. So how much of a different, I mean, obviously it's a completely different format this year, given what we're, what we're sort of rolling with. How much of a different feeling is it to the festival this year? I mean, does it still ring true to the traditional fest to you? Well, listen, it's it's a different view of our event. It's a it's a, a view that we felt lived better in the digital space. So we think putting smart people together in conversation panels is more suitable to the digital space because you put smart, funny people together, talk about some important issues, but most importantly do it with, uh, you know, with the humor that you would expect from these comics. Um, and it's more comfortable than trying to line them up to perform for, for no one in a situation in their home or elsewhere. 
we don't want to put stand-ups up in a situation where not, they're not going to be at their best. So Kevin has figured out a way to do something in L.A. with stand-ups, and he's going to shoot a series there that will be seen on um, in his room. But we felt the best thing for us was to get the smartest, funniest people that had something to say and uh, and put them in the right format. Well, and I think that's the beautiful thing to see. I mean, we're sort of playing this by ear as it goes, and, you know, we're seeing some live shows happen again and then scale back again. It's sort of ebbs and flows with the wave of what's going on. But I think when all of this first hit some months back, we uh, there was a little bit of this sort of, because everything was such a looming question mark, there was a little bit of a defeatist attitude in a way in comedy because our first gut reaction was, oh, no, we can't be on stage live in front of an audience now. But then I think we've sort of seen this pivot around where people realized how to utilize these online platforms and make content and make things digital. Because I think with everything, all the crazy stuff happening in the world right now and the way our news cycle looks, there's nothing probably that we need more right now than just for JFL and a festival like that to come back and do what it does. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I think, look, first and foremost, we wanted to put the best event we could up October 9th and 10th. The next thing we're going to look at is how we do our best to put up a first-class comedy festival for people to attend in person next July and hope the conditions are, are such that we can produce that event. But we'll have a plan for every potential outcome. Um, but our, you know, obviously uh, what would make us happy is, as you know, I'm sure you have no surprise to you, would be, uh, you know, when we get back and put up, uh, you know, we're, we're ramping up to produce the biggest and best event we've ever produced when we're able to. Um, we hope that's uh, July 21 and in Toronto, September 21, uh, you know, so on, so on. But uh, for now, we want to put something up first and foremost that's funny, great, and free to give comedy fans uh, a chance to see something uh, in the safety of their home with some of the great names from uh, the comedy world. And I think that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about JFL is the fact that, yes, it is this behemoth of a comedy brand. Everybody everybody knows it. Everybody, that's, that's sort of the gold standard as far as comedy festivals go. But it's also this collaborative sort of team effort. You do have all these relationships with some of the best and brightest minds in comedy. I mean, the festival's relationship with Kevin Hart, as you say, I mean, what, what an impact that's had even right here on Canadian comedy over the last few years. I mean, how many of some of our best upcoming stand-ups in this country got to do an LOL taping and that sort of made leaps and bounds for their careers. So seeing the festival still have those partnerships and being able to put your heads together and come up with ways to work with this and do something. I would say JFL isn't, isn't just doing a digital festival this year because those are the circumstances. What you guys do is you guys also find new ways to sort of do something new and innovative and different. So this is just sort of another version of that really. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you saying that that's the goal you know, and listen, Kevin, when we sat down to talk about what Kevin wanted to do with us four or five years ago, and especially when you speak to the LOL tapings, you know, I told him, you know, this is an opportunity for you to expose Canadians and comics from around the world that not what, what are not, you know, often going to get that exposure. And he was in. And when uh, I remember I called him and told him that, uh, hey, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do October in person because Kevin and I were talking about in his company, LOL, about certain things we were going to look at uh, broadcast wise in October in Montreal in person. 
And uh, and I said, I think we're going to have to pivot. And I was telling him the story of what we were thinking of doing. And he just said, Bruce, thick and thin. I'm in thick and thin. Don't worry about it. Just just tell me what the new thing is. We'll figure out a way to join you. We're all, we're all in on JFL. We're all in on on supporting the comedy world, and that's how um, uh, that's how Kevin thinks. He's decisive. He's uh, and he's generous, uh, and he believes so much in JFL, but most importantly in in the in the comedy business and doing the right thing, which is fantastic. And I mean, we are really interested and looking forward to seeing what what this year's version of the festival is going to be like. I mean, for you, Bruce, it's always interesting. You know, there's very few figureheads in in comedy and especially in Canadian comedy, yourself being one of them who, you know, you're behind the scenes in this massive brand at the helm of this ship during such arguably strange times in the comedy industry. You've been around, you've seen some things, you've watched this festival grow and change and adapt with the times and with audience tastes and all that. Where do you sort of see the comedy industry going after all of this dust has settled. Do you think this sort of online world that we found ourselves in now and, and all of these rising stars that have popped out of that, do you think that's going to be an integral part of comedy moving forward once all this sort of slowly creeps back to normal? I don't see any chance whatsoever that JFL, any JFL festival won't be a virtual, uh, won't be a hybrid event in the future. There is absolutely going to be elements of our festival, significant elements of our festival available online. We're learning a lot. And, and to be quite honest, we can't believe we didn't do it earlier. It's a win-win. You know, we got to figure out what's live and what's uh, you know going to be available online because we want to sure make sure our comedy fans come and visit us every July. But we believe that there's a, you know, there's a hybrid version of our events moving forward in all circumstances. We've learned a lot. It's the right way to go. Uh, you know, we look, why shouldn't why, uh, you know, we should have offered Andy Kindler uh, an opportunity for his state of the industry address to be heard by uh, comedy fans, you know, live from the event for, for a long time. Uh, now that we're going to do it this year, I don't see any way we're not going to do it every year uh, moving forward. Why wouldn't we? I think it could be one of the highlights of the comedy season, one of the highlights of JFL. And there's so many other potential opportunities for us to do things online from the event. Which is so, I mean, that's one of the wonderful things. I mean, I love the way you put it earlier about, you know, this, a part of this year's version of the festival is giving those audience members at home a chance to sort of peek into the green room and see behind the scenes. And Andy Kindler's state of the industry was always one of those fantastic things where, you know, you had to be in the industry or you had to be in the media. You have to be there at the festival. And it's just one of those special things that's just part of being at the fest that a lot of people don't even realize. So the fact that people get to sort of tap into this stuff from this year's festival is fantastic. So I love the fact that going forward, there's going to be more of this sort of yeah. hybrid element to it. And uh, Bruce, before we let you go, just just for our listeners. So how can people stream the fest this year? Where is this available? What's what's the best way to take all of this in? You go directly to festivalhahaha.com, uh, October 9th and 10th. If you go to festival, um, festivalhahaha.com now, the schedule's there, so you'll see how the three rooms will be, uh, what's going on over the three rooms over the two days. Again, free of charge. So there's going to be a catch-up opportunity on the Sunday, the 11th as well. But uh, uh, that's it. After the 11th, uh, you don't, you know, there won't be a chance to see it. We want to, we wanted to create a an element of um, event. And that is that, you know, we, we will hope you're going to watch it live. If you don't, you can catch up for a day. 
And, uh, and if you don't do that, you're going to miss it. So don't, don't miss out. Come uh, visit uh, ha, 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 uh, October 9 and 10. Perfect. Bruce Hill, thank you so much. And we're so glad that you guys are back to doing what you do and bringing this fest not only back this year, but also just to a whole new audience that can tap into that. Thank you so much, Bruce. Okay. Um, my pleasure. Good chatting with you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. Cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you, Bruce. We'll be back with more JFL on Inside Jokes featuring Andy Kindler. Hey, this is Roddy Colmer. And Jay Brody. And you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Show must go on. Show must go on. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast across the internet on the Global News Radio Network. Thank you again to Bruce Hills from JFL. But now we're switching it over to one of the mainstay festival favorites and also uh, something special that hasn't happened on the festival this year on the digital version andy kindler is going to give his state of the industry live to the entire audience we have andy on the phone right now andy you're out in la right now so literally how are you doing well this is the thing i know i'm i know in my heart that this time i really am going to leave the country even though i'm 60 i'm in my 60s I mean, I'm sorry for show because I'm in my 40s, but I'm a 60s. <laughs> I got, I've got two actors' union pensions and Social Security, and I'm still going to want to come to Canada. But now I notice the Canadians are like, not so fast, is what they say. <laughs> shoes, shoes on the other foot now, NAFTA face. They call me NAFTA face. I don't know why. <laughs> we kind of are. I mean, we, you know, especially. I mean, normally, obviously. In pre-COVID times, this festival would have happened this summer, and it's sort of the entire city of Montreal gets caught up into this. And we love American comics. We love American comics coming here. Now it's the opposite. Now we're the ones going to build that wall. That's what we're doing up here now. I know. And I would not – I look, I want to survive. I'm Jewish. I have a uh, genetic uh, desire to run, and I want you guys to take me in. But I understand <laughs> it. It would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. I mean, all these years, you guys had to have special letters. You know, Piers Morgan gets in from uh, from England, and he's a and he's a complete idiot. And then you got to still have forty five letters to come to the Canadians who are funnier than Americans have to come down and write forty seven letters about what, why they're so special. In other words, this will not stand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were always like the White Walkers up here north of the wall. But for you, I mean, before we get into the festival, obviously, you know, we're talking to Bruce about that. The festival is completely different. It's it's live. It's digital. It's completely, I think it's obviously it's adapted to what's going on. But because it is JFL, they always have a few tricks up their sleeve. They always pull out all the stops. So it's just going to be something different and no smaller scale this year. It's just going to be a different different version of it for you andy when all of this stuff was first going on obviously live shows were stopping events were canceled tours were canceled all of that for you as a comic sitting back watching this did you like did it make you question the future of the industry at all or did you just think well this is just something we're going to have to just get through and and come out the other side of it well you know the thing is is like for me uh, first of all, I had to take, you know, I had to take three months and realize no, I don't see any difference. I don't know what everybody's uh, <laughs> concerned about. I've never sold more than I had a half. 
years ago, I used to go out on a half a house tour. I refused to sell <laughs> more than half the tickets to any show. That was my hook. Uh, 30 <laughs> to 40 people can't be wrong. So at first, I was like, oh, now we're, now we're playing on my dime. Uh, and then, as it went along, I said to myself, I really don't like people. I don't want to go out. This is, my wife and I are getting along well. We're going to stay here, hole up, and do a survivalist type of thing. And uh, but then as the money goes out, and I'm uh, I'm uh, I don't know if you have Cameo up there. Uh, I'm, I, I go on Cameo now, and I have I can people will pay me. They wouldn't pay me forty five dollars to wish them happy birthday, but you know what they will pay me thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I, I am curious to before we get into what you know the state of the industry is and the state of this year's festival. Even we had Jim Gaffigan on a little while back, and he was saying, "Yeah, I got bored, and I did some of these weird pop-up shows just because I was bored, and it was weird and uncomfortable." Did you dip your toes into any of this sort of, I would say, emergency well, comedy that was happening? I hate to say that that we are now in my wheelhouse, but I have never been more excited. Do you know how many times I've stood in that conference room and, and, and people from the industry aren't getting me? Now I, I've cut out the middleman. I'm completely <laughs> alone in a room with me and my jokes. Nobody can reach me. I'm going to talk about Joe Rogan and how horrible he is. He's not going to be able to beat me up from home. Right? <laughs> in the old days, I have to look around, see if Joe Rogan's in the room. Before I mention the fact that uh, his stand-up was horrible, so of course he made a billion dollars in another field <laughs> that he knew even less about. Hey, did you not like? Hey, remember Joe Rogan's uh, uh, stand-up and his fantastic performances on Fear Factor? Well, he's back, and he knows less about philosophy, life, and uh, intellectual pursuits in general. Tune in. <laughs> for you i mean we were talking a bit about this with bruce for anybody who has been in that room for your state of the industry it was always sort of this in a way behind the scenes thing where you you had to be in the industry or you had to be there as part of the media and it was just sort of one of those special parts of the festival that most people didn't get to see and you know didn't even know what was going on now this is part of the fest this is streaming to everybody all the audience can watch it but the whole thing is you doing exactly that and going inside and, and sort of breaking down that fourth wall. How much of a different thing is it for you this year? There's also a lot to talk about. Well, you know, I was very, very uh, frightened about the whole thing because, like, you know, we were thinking about doing it in July, maybe even. And then I was like, I don't know, doing it from home. But I'm telling you, I almost get physically ill when I do it in the com conference room because I'm writing it like up till two minutes before. So I'm actually looking forward because I really am uh, excited about people, the people who would be watching the speech, 60 to 70 people, can't be wrong. Now they're going to watch it in the moment. I love that idea. Now they're going to see it in the actual, in real time, no matter who does. So, so I know I'm jinxing myself. I know it's bad. Don't set yourself up for good things, Andy. You're Jewish. Don't say that. Don't look forward to it. Don't think it's going to go off without a hitch, but I'm actually excited, excited about it. So 
Flop. Do you think you'll yell at me when there's flop sweat next week? You can. <laughs> <laughs> when I broadcast news, sweat it out. <laughs> I mean, is there even? Uh, it's hard to, you know. Usually, you'll launch into what people have been doing career-wise through the past year. Everything's sort of been on pause. So, do you just have some sort of uh, back burner resentments that you've been holding on to that you can just? Oh, yeah, that's there? right. Now it's time. Look. Let's get into stuff that does that's not based on uh, the chronological order of the year. Let's let's go. That this is the year where I can really dig into br- to the grudges that I have been nursing. <laughs> that I'm really nursing. <laughs> uh, but here's my one of my opening lines: Escape rooms are closed now. You can't get in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> You can't get in. It used to be because I was doing a before this all went down. I was doing a lot of escape rooms. Uh, they didn't start out that way, but as soon as I launched into my bit, you people, you should see the look of horror on people who can't get away from my. <laughs> Where do you see all of this? I mean. You know, Bruce was saying that obviously all of these new things that have sort of we've adapted to this past year in comedy, people going on. I I don't even want to get started on TikTok, but it did happen. There's a whole new audience there. They're all 20 years old or whatever, but it's there. But this whole digital platform and all this online streaming stuff is probably just going to be part of this festival and a part of comedy moving forward. Do you see us getting back to a place where you're coming to cities like Toronto and playing comedy bar and going up in front of crowds again? Or do you see this online stuff always being a part of what you do from now on? Well, I don't know about, you know, it's a really weird thing. But one of the things that, uh, to me, symbolized this whole thing that's happening is I, for years, because of OCD issues, I was, you know, I I had filmed this live album in uh 2013 i kept delaying it. i was like oh i want to put out a physical copy so when i go to clubs i can sign it and so finally COVID hit and that convinced me to release it's called hence the humor i released it after eight years of uh of delay and uh, diversion and so and now i'm thinking i ne- i love people but i never want to stand after a show as someone brings a diseased vinyl album that's <laughs> crawling with germs and they're all over me with the, I used to be a hugger. Those, that, that ship has sailed, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in a glass two-way. If you want to see me after the show, you can see me in a kind of a lock-up style thing through glass. <laughs> It does. So that yeah, was the it thing does. where I realized that was the thing. But but to be honest though, I do not. I am not because I again. I know people say your career really takes. And I told people when I started, I if I don't make it by the time I'm sixty, sixty five, seventy, seventy five, eighty, eighty five or ninety, I'm gonna you know slow it down a little bit. But uh, <laughs> this, I am not. I am not going on a plane and 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 a nice going going with my city card American Airlines credit card that keeps accruing my I have three hundred thousand miles three miles that I will never use so I will be the last person back on that plane so I predict next fall. Really? <laughs> there you go. Next, next fall. All right. Yeah. So remember. 
I'm a comedian. I have no information. I don't know things. I'm not particularly bright. I'm making air quotes right now. <laughs> I'm not good with information. No, but I really, you know, uh, I was, planes do fright. The idea of getting on planes do frighten me. I, I, I might even drive. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I think we'll all know when the coast is more clear than uh, now. I never liked that on a plane. I always didn't want the seat near the door. I always had this thing that the door is going to like somehow come open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I always uh, want to avoid that. I'm not a COVID expert, but when you but when you're when you're rubbing elbows with people who are expelling liquid. That's how you get it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. God bless everybody. I don't want. uh, (laughs) I've had my own tragedies. All right. We'll be right back with more Andy Kindler and JFL right here on Inside Joe. Hey, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are, of course, talking to the one and only Andy Kindler about this year's version of JFL Online, baby. For you, I mean, this year, obviously, you know, because... This is maybe the first, well, it is the first time in, in comedy history, really, where everybody finds himself in the exact same situation, not just career-wise, but just as human beings. How much of these elephants in the room are you going to address? Because there's, we've been stuck at home for seven months watching the same news cycle, and it's all forest fires and protests and Trump and pandemic. How much of that stuff is going to make it into your state of the industry this year? Because that's sort of what we've all been trapped in versus what we would normally be talking about in comedy. Right. Well, I already see because it's going to it's next week. I already see they're having they're rolling out a whole slew of uh, every show is based on the Zoom concept. So I mean, like, they're like these crazy people, these are these are the new friends. They don't get together, but they're just as wacky in their eight individual homes. <laughs> <laughs> the fun begins. Wait till they have their yearly outdoor cookout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because you won't really have a way to sort of gauge gauge the room and and look at your peers and what their reactions are to what you're doing in there. Oh, oh, that is so crazy. Here's the thing. My wife is going to be making sure everything's going smoothly with the Zoom and everything. So I will be castigating her the entire speech in lieu of the people in the room who often the people in the room uh you know sometimes they get tired of in the middle of a 12-hour speech and they're just you know they're they're looking at their they're looking at their watch because it's a natural thing but now it's going to be all my wife what are you doing over there by the refrigerator why are you not hanging on every word she will be the brunt of my anger (laughs) i hope i'm kidding i was kidding but I hope I, I hope I don't. That will not be good for the marriage. Oh, you blame the speech on me. Oh, <laughs> I can't hear the crowd. <laughs> how much do you think? How important is it? I mean, obviously for this festival to come back, it is a different animal this year. But just for comedy to get back to doing what it's doing and sort of adapting to what's going on. Also, how important is it? Do you think for us to just 
have this distraction versus everything that's going on? How important is it for us to just get back to comedy right now and maybe ignore for two days online that the world is melting? Well, I'm not, you know, I will never be someone who over-exaggerates my, uh, but I did speak to my one fan yesterday (laughs) and they said, my fan says, no, I am getting people saying, wow, they're so excited. I mean, I think I am going to cheer people up uh, because they do look forward to this. So I think if they're looking forward to that, imagine how much they're going to look forward to Eddie Izzard doing his act in Hungarian. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a blast from the past? (laughs) He did his act in French. Yeah. And he did his act in German. Well, I'm not never a big fan of Eddie Izzard's act. Maybe in German it'll come alive for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you I need any, new target. I guess I need new targets. I was gonna say, well, while we while we still have you, aside, aside from Joe Rogan, who's sort of who's in the crosshairs this year, really, or is there something, or is there a trend in comedy that you've been waiting to sort of launch into? Well, the thing is, it's like, in a way, I want to apologize. I want to apologize to Jay Leno for all those years of finding his act annoying. That was nothing. It's like Joe Rogan, he's, he's, he's getting white supremacists excited. You know what I'm saying? I used to get upset, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's like Adam Carolla. Sure, he was a terrible stand-up, but now, he, now he's dispersing anti-COVID information in his act i think they really are taking it up a notch in terms of the of the hack quality actually being uh able to kill you it's like everyone was gonna you know what happened with chris D'Elia this year but I, I i want people to not forget that chris D'Elia was also a horrible comedian <laughs> what he was doing on stage is a crime right <laughs> let's not Keep our eye off the ball. You guys don't have to agree with me here. You can back out of this. <laughs> no, I'm, we're with you. We're with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. All right, Andy. Before we before we let you go, that so that's a little taste of what people can expect at the state of the industry. Although having been there numerous times over the years, we know that you're always sort of working on this right up until you hit the podium. So. God only knows what's going to happen at this digital festival. So, Andy, before we let you go, where and when can people stream this again? Where can people find your stuff? And, uh, I, and I just okay. found you know I just found this out today. I believe it's October tenth at six p.m. Eastern time, and I'm always on Twitter on on and too much. So that's really the the main place that you can see. Although I am on uh, Instagram now, and boy, I got to tell you. I'm attractive. (laughs) The ladies love an older gentleman in cargo shorts. (laughs) All right. People, make sure you go to, yeah, go to Andy Kindler's Instagram, absolutely, and Twitter. And, of course, check out that state of the industry at this year's digital festival. You can go to hahaha.com because... If you've never been in the room for it, this is something for audiences at home to see. It's pure vitriol. It's fantastic. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. It was really great talking to you. It was really fun. Well, uh, we'll catch up with you soon, and we look forward to seeing that this October. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Andy. 
my name is Elvira Kurt, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. It's the first time I haven't been interrupted. That's our show. JFL is, of course, back this October. It's all online. It's streaming live. Thank you again to Bruce Hills, the president of JFL, for giving us a bit of a breakdown about what this year's entirely different festival will look like, but also, again, some recurring famous faces that you'll always see usually in Montreal, and some new talent, too. And, of course, the one and only Andy Kindler with a little sneak preview of his state of the industry, which audiences never get to see. I've been in that room many times over the years and is one of the best parts of the festival, so don't miss that, too. Check out hahaha.com to find out what's going on on this year's online festival. That's our show, but don't forget, you can check out all of the episodes from Season 5 right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Kevin Hart. Well, I like to get to it. People, I like to be honest when I'm on stage. I talk about the things that I'm closest to, things that are closest to me. That's my kids. Two kids, little boy, little girl. My biggest fear is getting knocked out in front of my kids. I saw my dad get knocked out one time right in front of me. I was eight years old. This guy hit my dad two times in the same spot. Mm, mm. Quick. Quickest two punches I've ever seen in my life. Hit my dad so fast, in the middle of the fight, my dad stopped fighting and asked me what happened. In the middle of the fight. <laughs> mm, mm. Ah, Kevin, hey, he just hit me twice. Yes, yes he did. Are you sure it was him? It, it's only y'all two out here, dad. Ain't, ain't nobody else out here with y'all. So he that fast, they not ganging up on me? No, no, Dad. Well, he must be an octopus. What? No, he's not an octopus, Dad. That's my pops, though. I learned a lot from my dad, man. I learned a lot of parenting from watching my dad. I actually created something. There's a bunch of men here with women now. I created something called Daddy Day. Now, you guys don't know what Daddy Day is, I'm about to tell you. Daddy Day is when you tell your lady, you say, look, babe, don't worry about nothing today. I got the kids, you go do whatever you want to do. Sounds great. Sounds like the perfect plan, right? Go get a facial, massage, do what you want. Here's the bad thing about Daddy Day. I'm not qualified to watch my kids by myself. <laughs> I'm not, but I understand that. I'm, I'm man enough to own up to that. The reason why, I don't have the patience that women have. Your patience is unbelievable. You guys can beat a kid, go back to reading a the book, then you can go smile, get on the phone. I can't do that. I really get upset. I try to be nice. I try to start off nice when I'm trying to discipline my kids or tell them what to do. Hey, hey, no. Go, hey, come here, get off. Hey, no, look at me, no. Hey, put the thing, hey, no, no. Put, hey, come here, cause you're not, hey, motherfucker, but I'll punch you in the, God, please. <laughs> my kids press my buttons, kids make you angry. Kids can make you angry, I don't know why. My son, I'm gonna tell you what my son does to make me laugh, when my son get mad, he throw a temper. This is my son throwing a temper. Uh, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what it means, but it scares me. I don't, all right, all right. It's scary. I got scared one day. I thumped him. Stop. He's, I threw his equilibrium off. He didn't know what to do. My daughter's a different ball game, though. I don't know why, I mean, but my daughter got me wrapped around her finger. She's spoiled. I spoil her on purpose. I'm supposed to. I'm dad. Crazy thing though, she knows she got me wrapped around her finger. Like she know how to play me and her mom against each other. 
It's amazing to me. Like, the other day she came into the room, she hit me with the soft voice. She was like, Dad, can I have a cookie? I was like, yeah, baby, come on, let's go get a cookie. I grabbed my daughter's hand, I started walking towards the kitchen to get a cookie. Out of nowhere, all I heard was this, don't give her no cookie. <laughs> scared me, I, I didn't know what to do, I just stopped, I stayed still. Cause I didn't know who said it, I was like, Jesus, why would you say that? She, she can have a cookie. I'm gonna tell you how smart my daughter is. My daughter's so smart, she didn't fall out, she didn't have a tantrum. My daughter looked at me, she was like, Dad, I thought you was the man of the house. <laughs> when she said that, I didn't know what to do, so I got mad, I snapped. I was like, what you mean? She can't have no damn cookie. Well, why would you buy the cookies if can't nobody have a cookie? I'm shutting the whole cookie operation down.